0: This episode of Powered by Women is brought to you in part by In Search of the New Compassionate Male. For more information, go to newcompassionatemale.com.
1: You've heard of steam-powered, horse-powered, and gas-powered rev- your engines. solar-powered, man-powered, and the old electric. But get this, even though Dennis is directing this, this show is solely lunar-powered by women. Welcome. Powered by Women. My name is Diane Call, and I'm your host for this show. And you know, we're in the infancy stage here. And I just have to say that these taping days, I love these taping days. When we tape an episode, my energy is so up. I have curiosity just firing on all cylinders because you know, I get to have conversations with very empowered women. And what that means to me is. You know, an empowered woman just takes whatever hand she's dealt and, you know, it, it could be a great hand. Hey, this is great. It could be, you know, okay, there's some good and there's some bad or, you know, a horrible hand. But regardless of the hand, uh, an empowered woman just takes it and does something with it. She does things about it. And the guest we have today does multiple things in her life. And let me just tell you a little bit about her she is a playwright and a drainage engineer. I love saying that so I'm just going to say it again. She is a playwright and a drainage engineer. And you would think like, like I thought those two things don't go together. And I know we will have opportunity for guests to talk about how those things actually are very similar she is an actor, she's a director, she's a poet. She has won many awards, has received many accolades for her work. And as a Puerto Rican playwright, as she says, she balances relatable themes with underrepresented characters and voices. I love that. And I knew she was going to be a perfect guest for the show. And I went to her website and the first thing I saw What seems to be her motto is telling stories that need to be told. So let's bring our guest on, the incredibly talented Gretchen Suarez Pena. Hi. Hello,
0: (laughs) Gretchen. Thank you for having me. What an introduction, my goodness.
1: (laughs) It's all true. It's all true. (laughs) What an honor to to have this opportunity to, to talk with you and you know, before I start with with my first question to get the dialogue going, I, I do want to thank Rory Penlin. Uh, Rory is part of Tard on Media. He has a show called It's Casual, and you are going to be a guest on his show, I believe. Is this coming
0: Tuesday? Yeah, this coming Tuesday.
1: Yeah, September fourteenth, and. That's gonna be a great episode, Rory. I'm so thankful that you recommended Gretchen for the show. I mean, what a perfect fit. So just wanted to get that. Thank you. Snaps to Rory. (laughs) Yes, an amazing comic impressionist and just all around good guy. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Okay, I I wanna go back to telling stories that, that need to be told. And I am so curious as to when that passion started for you yeah so um
0: i i mean really i think a lot of playwrights feel that way they want to tell stories that are untold but for me it was really about um my personal stories and stories that i knew of that i felt needed to be shared um and you know they can be anything from you know love stories to um you know social justice issues to um just comedic stories that um that people uh, relate to. So like one of my b- first bigger pieces was this show called Conversations in Bed and it kind of followed <laughs> these different couples and a lot of people were like, oh, I've never seen that before, but we all experience that. So for me, it was bringing these stories that we all experience um, that needed to be shared and told and, and, uh, and so and also you know finding these maybe uh, voices in these stories that you hear about in the background, but you don't see their stories in the forefront. Um, And so I wanted to tell those stories. So yeah, that's kind of where that came from.
1: Yeah, and was there a a moment in your life when you just went, told yourself, I'm gonna be a writer? Yeah,
0: so I guess I'll I'll, I'll highlight the one moment that kind of opened my eyes. So are you familiar with International Thespians? The, it's like a theater group. um, And in the state of Florida, they have junior and um, high school Troops. And so when I was in high school, we did um, the district competitions, where we would go and do monologues and shows and musicals and things like that. And I realized my freshman year, there was a playwriting category. And um, I was like, well, now I have to do that. <laughs> I have to write. Um, but I had been a writer for a long time. Um, when I was younger, I uh, would write a lot of poetry. And I would write songs. And my dad actually was, um, he wrote a play that I got to see produced um, like at our church and stuff. And so I um, took that play later on and like translated it because it was in Spanish, so I translated it to English. Um, so when people are like, oh, where'd you get your playwriting from? At first I was like, oh, nobody really does is my family but that's not true. My dad wrote a play many years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But it was definitely that high school moment um, that was kind of like, oh, I, I need to write plays. Um, I love writing poetry and I did little short stories and I would love writing songs. So musicals are right up my alley. But yeah. it was kind of high school that I was like, I got a right place. And then after that, you know, I kind of got off the horse, you know, got back on, went back and forth. Uh, but then mm-hmm. finally, a couple years ago, I was like, no, I've got to I got to keep doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And what was the first play you wrote?
0: So the first play I wrote was in high school It's called When the Bell Rings. And it was about a group of high school students uh, eating lunch. And then uh, it was like, it was kind of sandwiched in, uh, pun intended, <laughs> into, into like many monologues and many sketches um, where you know, they would kind of tell their individual stories. And it was funny and heartwarming. And we actually got to produce it my sophomore year of high school. Um, uh, my theater teacher, who, Miss Gloria Ann Snow, who's amazing. Uh, Glory Snow, her middle name is Ann. Um, and uh, she uh, she's like, hey, let's produce your play. And um, she gave us such a crash course in theater. I mean, she taught us how to produce and direct and design and act and everything. And so that was my very first play that I ever wrote. And the rest, wow. as they say, is history. Yeah.
1: And what was that like for you? You know, it's like there are your words, your thoughts, and there it is on stage. Describe that that moment, <sighs> what that was like.
0: There is nothing better than having actors read your words as a playwright. Like, that's my favorite thing. Even if it's a mm-hmm. table read, or it's a stage read, or a full performance, like having actors read your words and bring character to the wow. th- the things that you've had in your head, there's there's no comparing it. Like I know that people talk about like being in the zone when they're writing music or like singing or performing, which I love to perform as well. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: man, there's nothing that beats the feeling of having people read your words and bring life to characters as you saw them and also bring interpretations that you didn't know were there. Mind blowing, mind blowing. It's the best.
1: <laughs> yeah, revealing even more layers than maybe you, you realized when you were writing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so when you talk about underrepresented characters and voices, who are these people? Oh, that's a good question.
0: So um, I'll start with the light stuff and then get into the heavy stuff. So in my show, my, I have like this series called Conversation Series and it's a little yes. funnier um but conversations in bed I deliberately made each couple kind of a different race um Mm -hmm. so like my my youngest couple is a millennial couple and I wrote this way back in like 2009 so you know I was a newlywed at that time and they were a millennial couple and they were uh interracial I have a Mm -hmm. lot of friends that are multiracial I have a friend who is her her mom is from the island of Antigua and her dad is from Iran And I have another Mm. friend who is, uh, his mom is from Great Britain and his dad is Filipino-Mexican. And Mm. then I have other friend who is half Dutch and half Indian. So I wanted to reflect those voices because I have a lot of millennial friends that are uh, interracial. And then my second couple was a Hispanic couple, you know, and Hispanic is not a race, but I I did wanna touch on like kind of that Latin voice uh, in the United States and they have kids. So they're like a little bit, and they're like in their mid thirties with kids, young kids. And then I have a black couple that it's in their forties and they have teenage kids and they're trying mm-hmm. to get them out of the house, you know, graduate them from high school, get them out of the house. <laughs> and then my, my, my last couple uh, was my white couple, my golden years couple. And so each of them represent a different age and stage of life. And each of them represent a different culture um, or a mixture of them. So I wanted to give them each a voice. Um, the other, so a little bit darker, I guess, um, or, or important to share. Um, Mm -hmm. I learned a lot about uh, sex trafficking and the horrors of that, especially of minors. And so I wanted to give those characters a voice and tell their story. So I wrote a show called Trafficked that uh, was specifically about giving voice to children who are trafficked in the United States. Um, And that won a couple awards and got produced. And we were even talks with the Florida Department of Education about making that an educational piece. Um, So really giving those voices, those characters a voice. It wasn't just statistics. It was their actual life stories, Um, fictionalized but taken from real people. And then um, I I wrote just recently, last year, I started writing a play about an indigenous Floridian woman, uh, which, you know, indigenous people were the first in this country. They were here. This is their land and we are living on it. And um, women in particular are not given a lot of voice. Uh, and the interesting thing about this uh, character is my my friend Scott is a historian. He's a doctor and his thesis was his dissertation really was about this Floridian woman that he found in these archives of this Spanish uh, friar. And uh, he did all this research. He presented it to the Tampa History Museum. I went and saw him speak and I said, I need this story. <laughs> I need to write a play about this because we don't hear about indigenous people and we don't hear about female indigenous people. Mm-hmm. And this is a, it is a Florida story so being you know raised here in florida i was like we got to tell this story so so yeah Yeah. those are all different people that you don't hear about that i wanted to share their story um and who have important powerful things to say um and then and then i do Silly things, <laughs>
1: like um, I mean, I mean, that, balance, like, right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I do some funny things. Like you know, I write um, with 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 people, you know, with people of color in mind. Um, I write with with everybody in mind. I have you know, all kinds of of races and people in my in my shows. I I also wrote a musical uh, that has a steampunk aesthetic, yes, which can, yeah. <laughs> which can be kind of for anybody. Um, it's very melancholy, it's very dark. Uh, and then I wrote uh, a musical about sugar babies which you know some people were kind of confused they're like wait you wrote a show about trafficking and now you're writing about sugar babies but that's kind of like a trope you know it's kind of like people make fun of it and so i kind of wanted to give them a voice and a heart because these are real people that have real concerns and real lives and kind Mm -hmm. of share their story through a musical It, it starts out light and funny and then kind of gets serious and you kind of see like the heart of the show like these people have real wants and needs and 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 it's not all Terrible, but it is important to not just either sensationalize these people or put them down. These are real people with real concerns, valid, valid life choices. So um, I try not to judge my characters. I try to let them speak, and I try to bring conflict into my plays that show both sides Mm -hmm. of the story. People who agree, Mm -hmm. people who disagree, and I try not to judge them for their choices. I try to just show them, you know, show the choices and the decisions that they've made. So.
1: Yeah. Right. Kind of yeah. You know, I, I, I hear your passion so much as, as you're talking about, you know, what you've written and, and why. And, you know, I, I'm a therapist by profession. So it, the way that my brain thinks is, okay, w- was there a moment in your life when you felt like you weren't heard or, you know, it's like that that extra kind of personal layer that really fuels that passion. I'm wondering if you'd be. Yeah. Oh, is that the question? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So um, I am verbose and loud and, uh, and that may be a trope and a stereotype that I (laughs) lean into as a Puerto Rican woman. But, um, but yeah, as a young person, you know, my family was really good about listening to me I think they mm. never shut me up my parents were always very good about listening to me and my sister and you know whereas other people may have been talking over us my mom or my dad would always redirect them and be like no she's right here you can talk to her so wow. you know they never they never treated us like children should be seen and not heard they always listened okay. to us so I was very grateful for that And I think because of that I always felt like I could speak um because my parents were so good about that but when I came into the real world, realized that because I am a female and because I am, you know, Hispanic, which you know has its his his the ebbs and flows in society, the um, acceptance, mm-hmm. um, I was I was shocked to find out that people weren't going to listen to me, like I had been listened to. Uh, so going into late high school, college, career. Um, I was kind of shocked to find how I really had to speak up uh, for myself and and always put myself in a position where I was never desperate, but that I could leave the situation if I needed to. And I say that specifically because there are things that sometimes, there are places in my career where I realized that I wasn't, I had kind of stayed my welcome, like they, I wasn't going to be listened to, and so I needed mm-hmm. to leave. And, and do things on my own. And, and, and for that, I'm grateful because I feel like I never put myself in a, either a financial or a precarious situation where I had to stay in a situation that wasn't benefiting me or my family. Yeah. So yeah. You didn't so, yeah, so yeah, so definitely yeah. I've been in situations where I felt like my voice wasn't heard. And so I felt like writing is definitely the way. Also, sometimes when you speak, it's hard to sometimes bring out all of your feelings and thoughts in a coherent way. So right, writing, yeah. right? yeah, writing has become a way to organize my thoughts and present them in a way so that they can be heard and expressed. And so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so that kind of all goes in together of, yeah, for sure, I've definitely felt like I haven't been heard. And so I want,
1: yeah, I want it's to it's express myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and finding a way that, that it works and, And and like you said, then, then your thoughts, your words are, are heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I kind of want to, you had something in your, uh, I believe it was the, a personal statement that you had emailed me Mm -hmm. and where you regard poetry as your first language and, um, you know, with what you're saying with writing, I I really relate to because I also write songs and I I consider music to be my first language. And I kind of kid with people sometimes, but it's true. I had to learn how to talk, you know? Yeah, we
0: sing before we learn how to talk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it took quite a while to to kind of string words together. I knew they were making sense, Uh, but I'm just wondering, what was that like when you discovered that poetry truly is your first language yeah and i probably i probably should double that with uh, lyrics
0: poetry mm-hmm. and lyrics are my first language because they really came in hand in hand and oh, especially so yeah especially when poetry becomes you know rhythmic and rhyming you know sometimes they lend themselves really well to music so i was probably mm-hmm. in third or fourth grade like Actually, when I was in, you talk about singing, when I was about seven years old, my dad heard me singing in my room and he <laughs> he rushes out and gets my mom and goes, listen to her. And then from that, my dad was like trying to get me to sing like in front of church and like all these things and in chorus at school and stuff like that. So I have my dad to thank for that. But, but, wow. but when I was like in third and fourth grade, I started writing songs and poems. And I even, no lie, I even have them still. I have a giant notebook of stuff that I wrote from like, Fourth grade until like high school, of just poems. And some of them are terrible. And some of them, <laughs> and some of them yeah, I look back and I'm be- like, wow, like that actually makes a lot of sense as to who I've become today, as to the things that I was writing. So, uh-huh. yeah, I think a lot of freeform, like poetry and kind of experimenting with thought and images, I think that really lends itself well to lyrics and it really lends itself well to playwriting because you're creating images you know you're creating stories right, right. so so yeah I, I i lyric writing singing poetry all together kind of were the the, the 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 beginnings of so that's why it was it was very easy to transition to playwriting because it was like oh yeah these yeah. images these things i want to say i'm just going to put them in a longer more dialogue form so
1: yeah 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 i, I listened to uh dry spell mm. <laughs> And, you know, because I, I went to your website, of course, and, you know, I went to the, it was a nine minute play, right?
0: Yeah, it's a minute and play. Oh, did you listen to the podcast version of it? Yes. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm forgetting the the name of the podcast off the top of my head. I think it's like short plays podcast. I think it's like that, that <laughs> yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds, but yeah, I was really taken by, you know, how you use metaphor and just very direct raw language between you know a man and a woman mm-hmm. trying to get past that stuck point mm-hmm. you know so i am I'm, I'm just connecting that and you all need to hear that it is really powerful i love a good metaphor yeah. <laughs> who doesn't right yeah <laughs> do you do you remember the first poem or song that you wrote
0: yes i remember one of the first uh songs that i wrote it was actually a jingle for Starburst. Really? <laughs> the candy? Yeah, actually, not. no lie, about like a week ago, I was talking to somebody about this and they were like, well, sing me the song. And I'm like, I'm not gonna sing you the song. And they're like, you brought it up, sing the song. So I sang the Starburst jingle, I'm not gonna do it here.
1: <laughs> oh, just something to ask you. <laughs> um,
0: but like, <laughs> hey, Starburst, if you want a jingle, I got one. Um, I wrote, that was the first one. And then I remember writing some songs for like my friends when I was like in fourth grade. And then mm-hmm. kind of that petering into some some uh, poems. But the Starburst song is probably the first poem slash song I ever wrote. You know, that... I want
1: to hear it. You know, our audience wants to hear it. I... Well, could, we'll could circle back on, on that line?
0: one. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think it was like the started out with I'm going to eat my Starburst and have a lot of fun. And there's a there pretty tangy taste that's living on my tongue. So there's a lot that.
1: It's, it's true, right, with the Starburst. Uh, that's my
0: favorite candy, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> till this day. To this yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. You know, you had also written something, and I, kind of getting back to how I think what I get from your work is just a lot of poetic metaphor and just very raw and direct language mm-hmm. together. Yeah. And here you are as a playwright and a civil engineer. Mm hmm. <laughs> and I love the way you describe how those two things are similar. And w- would you share with the audience your thoughts about that? Because, you know, sure. I certainly don't want to let your uh, civil engineer job go undiscussed. Yeah, it's important.
0: Um, it's yeah. it's a it's a career I've had a love hate relationship with, um, but it, it pays the bills. And also it, 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 it's important for, I, I think, for women to know and, to, and for, for girls specifically to know that there are women in STEM fields. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all about that. So the ways that they're similar. So what I say is that a playwright and an engineer both create the blueprint of something to be brought to life and you, you need a director, like you need a contractor or a project manager, you need actors, like you need construction workers. You need a tech team, like you need the construction inspectors and and all. You need those things to be brought to life together. So to me, like actors bring your words to life the way a construction worker brings your design to life. You need a director that's going to direct those actors. You need a project manager or contractor that's going to direct those construction workers. You know, both of them are blueprints. A a script is a blueprint. It it doesn't come to life until it's brought to the stage. And you need Mm -hmm. the actors and the directors to do that. And plans that I design are just plans on a piece of paper until a contractor, project manager, and construction workers go out there and build it. It doesn't come to life until it's built. And so for both of them, you know, there's a there's a there's a tangible element at the end um, where both playwrights and engineers are just designing the blueprint and the rest is done up to everybody else, the you know, yeah. that that are done. So so yeah, when people are like, How could you do both? And I'm like they're both problem solving. They're both mm-hmm. telling a story in their own way. One is just images on a paper and the other one is words on a paper, but they're both blueprints to what is gonna come from it. You can't have yeah. a show. Um, I mean, I guess you can't have a show without a playwright. You can have, you know, improv or devised theater, but when you're looking at a script or like an actual, like, like a performance piece that has a, you know, uh, um, I guess that has been made by a playwright, you have a script. And then yeah, you can go out there and build a ditch, but are you sure it's gonna go in the right direction? You know, you have to have an engineer that's gonna design it and sign and steal it and say this is how the design is meant to be. So yeah,
1: yeah, and in directing that flow of energy too, Mm -hmm. you know, like the the flow of water, the flow of creative energy. Exactly. Yeah, I use that metaphor
0: a lot because I talk about fluid and water needing to be channeled and you mm-hmm. know as a drainage engineer my job is to make sure i know where the water is going and where it's supposed to go and uh usually that means off of roads so we don't cause flooding and problems and yeah. then as a playwright you know channeling the story and the words to to a, to an end so so yeah i don't think they're all that different i know some people are like it. god she's stretching that metaphor but no i don't i think they're they're both they're both creating a blueprint i think they both. yeah
1: it makes total sense to me because i had the same thought when i You know, it's like, okay, so you're a playwright and and a a civil engineer. Like, wait a minute. Wow, what a contrast. But then it it makes sense. It totally makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so being a civil engineer as well, Mm -hmm. as a female, Mm. have there been, oh, okay, there we go. (laughs) You know the question. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I, I, I say that again. What have you come across in terms of challenges, obstacles? Initially, not
0: a lot, actually. Uh, there's, there's been a big push for, for more females in the civil engineering and engineering field in general. Um, and, and my first mentors were actually females, uh, women of color, actually. My very first mm-hmm. mentor was a, was, a, was a black female engineer. My second one was a, a Puerto Rican female engineer. My family, I'm not even mm-hmm. the first female engineer in my family. I'm the third. And my mm-hmm. little cousin is now an, an engineer. So there are four female engineers in our family. Um, so when people are like, oh, you're a female engineer. I'm like, I'm not even the coolest person in my family. Like I got <laughs> doctors and veterinarians and I'm, I'm not even the first female engineer, but the third. So to me, it wasn't a big deal because I was surrounded by these female engineers in my family and also uh, I was mentored. It wasn't until I was older, uh, I actually uh, started kind of like, I wouldn't call it my first, it was like my second, like big girl job like out of college like Mm -hmm. i had one job uh that was a little bit of a challenge because i was in charge of a lot of men i was in a maintenance department in a in a in a municipal uh job and i but i won them over most of them um and they Mm -hmm. and they kind of took to me and i you know i i I was there to learn from them and so earn their respect um but um so that was a little bit challenging but maybe i was younger and naive that i wasn't really seeing the challenges as much Uh, So maybe that's to my benefit that I didn't really see anything that could go wrong. But I I tried to earn Mm -hmm. their respect and and do the best. But then my second job, um, I started to see the difference of the treatment. Uh, So like I would go into a meeting and somebody would think that I was the secretary, which is there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with secretaries. I just wasn't the secretary. I was the engineer. Mm -hmm. Um, right? Or I go and then later on, you know, when I go into meetings and I also have I don't know about anymore, but I used to look very young, um, being in my mid twenties, and now I'm in my mid thirties, and people are like, you know, I-, I think I look more my age.
1: We'll see, but um, but you, I, you are young, yeah,
0: I'm, <laughs> um, yeah. But like, you know, going in, they would assume that I was, you know, not the engineer of record. I would go into uh, field reviews of construction projects, and you know, they would not be talking to me. They'd be talking to another engineer and like, no, this is my design i signed and sealed this so mm-hmm. um so it was a a little bit of of that i tried to win people over with you know knowledge and charm but mm-hmm. um but mm-hmm. I, there was also um i i felt um sometimes like i was ex- being excluded so uh there were certain situations mm-hmm. where even though i may have had the experience i was feeling excluded And I really didn't know if that was because of me or the circumstances or Mm -hmm. uh, or because I was a woman or because they just didn't want me. You know, I didn't. But I did feel excluded. And so that's why I say, like, you have to put yourself in a position where at least I try to put myself in a position where I'm not desperate and where I don't have to stay in a place where I don't feel there's necessarily a future. There could be. I just I'm here to pursue other things. So I. Yeah,
1: it's
0: been it's been interesting. I know. That there are other female engineers who have f- faced a lot more adversity than I have, and my heart mm. goes out to them. I think I definitely would like to see more females in the engineering field. So I don't ever want to discourage that. But I will say that that's not my ultimate passion. <laughs> 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 writing is. But um, right, it is, right, it is, good, yeah. it is a good field to be in, and I would encourage more women to go in it because then I think it'll be more normalized. And to, like I said, for me, it was normal because my family had females right. in I didn't think it was weird. But I think the more female engineers we have, the more it'll be normalized. It won't be yeah.
1: weird. Yeah, and you know, I think maybe in in general terms for the, the women that are listening or, or watching. You know, what would be a piece of advice you know so you find yourself in a situation maybe you're not being um, included or heard w- what's a piece of advice that you could give us all uh, Okay, i
0: okay i'll give a piece of advice that i wish i would have given myself I, it's important to speak up for yourself I, I would never not do that so always speak up for yourself in in the in the most coherent in, intelligent charming way that you can. I, I say charm because I think that sometimes charisma goes a long way. Um, but I would say, for me, I think there were times where I needed to take a step back and I needed to analyze the situation and look it over and say, okay, what's going on here and how do I need to address it? Because I think a lot of times I would jump in and assume something and it wasn't necessarily the case or it would put people on the defensive. And so I I think they're, the best things to do is to, uh, of course, express yourself, but definitely uh, take a step back, analyze the situation, and then move forward after reviewing the information. Don't be, don't okay. be too speedy, because sometimes if you jump the gun, uh, things may end up worse. But that's my own personal experience. I'm sure other people have other ways of dealing with it, but I tend mm-hmm. to think that if you look at things a little bit more where the bird's eye view, you get a better yeah. idea of what's going on.
1: Yeah, and kind of take a couple deep breaths, reset the system and and go back with fresh eyes, you know, that's, yeah.
0: And sleeping on a decision is never a bad, (laughs) go to sleep, wake up the next morning. I remember I made a decision one time and I came back with a lot of peace. And then the next day I was challenged under that decision and I had a lot of like anxiety about it. And I remember my husband saying, you had a lot of peace about this yesterday. Why don't you sleep on it and see how you feel in the morning? and i slept on it and the next day i said you know what i think that's true i had a lot of peace about the initial decision i made i'm going to stick with it
1: yeah there's so much to be said for that you know cuz we're we're bombarded with texts and messages and you know just a lot of stuff coming at us and we don't have to respond right away exactly just because yeah. you can doesn't
0: mean you should
1: right exactly i i, I love that yeah. yeah i'm i'm starting to i'm starting to learn that
0: Yeah. And I do that sometimes with, with my playwriting as well. I, if I, if I don't like Mm -hmm. a scene or if I don't like something, or I'm thinking about cutting something, I just put it away and sleep on it and come back to it.
1: Yes. Yeah. I do that with songs. Yeah. Yeah. That they will sit there for a while if they're not ready to be birthed, you know? Yeah. So I I have, I have a final question. Okay. And um, I am wondering because you're so prolific, Oh, thanks. And yeah, and is there is there a piece of work that you feel really represents your authentic voice, where you really feel like, okay, this is me. This is me on paper. This is me on the stage.
0: Yeah, um, I think my initial thought to that is um, *Melina*, my steampunk Mm -hmm. musical, um, which would probably shock people. but that is the show that I've poured the most blood, sweat, and tears to, mm-hmm. like, tears for. And also mm-hmm. the show that is probably never going to be done. <laughs> um, really? Because it's constantly changing. And also I feel that, uh, the, the and this might sound a little melancholy, it is a dark show. But I also feel that because it doesn't hit the cord with a lot of people, like, some people love it. And some people really don't care for it. And I think that's a reflection, I think, of me because I'm not everyone's cup of tea, but I'm someone's cup of tea. And I'm going to be a flavorful cup to those mm-hmm. people. And so um, yeah. so that show embodies a lot of me. And I think that a lot of the word usage and the way that I write my songs and the way that I speak in that show, even though it's a maybe a higher language and maybe tends to be more Victorian, that um, that is a lot of me in that show. Now, because it's very poetic as well. So that's Mm -hmm. poetry um, and kind of Shakespearean in a way. But the other inverse answer to that is um, I don't think I've written that show yet. That is wholly myself. And I don't know that I'll ever will. I I started to this year write a play that's called with a torch of seven virtues, which is about seven women who are all part of one woman. And I put a lot, I put it's very auto, it's better, it's very autobiographical uh, to a fault, which is probably why I'll never submit it to anything because it's too, too true to form. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a little more of a real, just tongue in cheek, on the nose reflection of who I am. Um, But also, yeah, as I'm discovering more things, I'll probably, will probably come out in the future at some point of this, this is the show that's really me. At this yeah. point, I'd say Melina, but in reality, it probably hasn't been written yet.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and you know, I hear such like self-acceptance, I love what you said. It's like, I may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I'm somebody's cup of tea, you know, very flavorful. <laughs> they're
0: gonna remember that cup, they're gonna remember that <laughs> cup of tea. Some people don't like it, well, not their flavor, that's fine to each their own and that's the thing is like when people talk about plays and musicals and stuff I'm like people have different tastes people like different things not every mm-hmm. show is for everyone so yeah
1: exactly yes and not everybody has to like us right, right. Or, like, or like a piece of work yeah yeah
0: well and 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 that would be that would be a little weird right if everyone loved each other all the time I mean again we yeah. should all be kind and, and and love each other in the ways that we want to be treated but at the same mm-hmm. time like we, we we can't all be best friends because right. that's impossible. It's impossible, yeah. we're too different. And so, you know, no qualms. If you don't like what I do or who I am, that's fine. You know, you, you do you, I do me. As long as we're respectful, that's fine. And you're gonna find the thing that you like and I'm gonna find the thing that I like. And that's life, that's variety, that's diversity. That's why we have it. It's beautiful because yes. everybody can yes. enjoy what they enjoy.
1: I think that is a great, thought and some great statements to to end with. I, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And, and what peace that brings yeah. when women, men can get to that point of, yeah, oh, it's okay.
0: It's okay. Well, <laughs> and I think okay. that's that's a thing too, I think with women is, you know, we try to be very likable and we mm-hmm. try to, to be very palatable, but we have to we have understand to that that's, that's, yeah, we want to please everybody. And that's not, that's not our role. You know, I can't be everything. I'm not pizza. I can't be everything to everyone. <laughs> you
1: know, <laughs> some people don't even like pizza, so you know, exactly. Some people can't have pizza. <laughs> exactly. So
0: <laughs> you know, you just gotta be. You gotta be you, and be you to the people who are, who who need you and want you in their lives, and you know, yeah. to each their own. Live, love, and, and respect.
1: Absolutely. Well, Gretchen, I have. I I was looking forward to this being able to to speak with you, and I've thoroughly enjoyed this time. And I hope we get to have another discussion in the future.
0: Thank you. You Thank you for having me. This has been way too much fun. I love talking. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's that's a good thing. That is a good thing. And I look forward to, as you, as you write more and just learning more about what you're doing. And again, let's remember that you are, like I need to tell you, but I'm going to tell the audience that you were going to be on It's Casual with Rory Penland. Mm-hmm. And if you don't catch it live Tuesday, there's always the replay on the Tart on Media YouTube channel. That's
0: right. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So thank, thank you so, so much, you for so much me.
1: Gretchen. <laughs> thank you. <sighs> Wasn't she wonderful? Oh, my God. So wonderful. Thank you, Gretchen. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Renee, for this opportunity to have these very empowering discussions. And I also want to thank Clay Boygan, who is sponsoring this show. And Clay has a very impactful show, The New Compassionate Male. It, it's, it is a movement. And I just want to thank Clay for sponsoring the show. It is all about balance. And with that being said, I look forward to the next episode. I cannot wait. Not gonna tell you who the guest is, but a very, very wonderful guest coming up. This is Diane Call signing off and you all be kind to one another.
0: This episode of Powered by Women has been brought to you in part by In Search of the New
1: Compassionate Male. For more information, go to newcompassionatemale.com.